0: Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show, with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. And welcome, everybody. As you can see on the screen right now, that this is not Jay. I am Robin, the producer of Caribbean Internet News Talk Radio, and I'd like to introduce to you our guest host for today, the U.S. Senate nominee for Republican nominee, Miss Joe Ray Perkins.
1: Hello, Say hello. Hello, Robin.
0: So we're going to fill in, and feel free to give us a call with any questions that you have for Joe Ray regarding the nominee or anything, or the craziness that's going on right now in this. Lane County, Oregon, and the rest of the world. But you can give us a call at 646 721 9887. We're also simulcasting live on Facebook. So you can also make comments there and I'll read them to Joe Ray if she's not watching it. But, uh, anyways, Joe Ray, take it away. Hi. Oh,
1: thank you, Robin. Thank you so much. It is great to be here. It has been a very, very long time. I think it's been a little bit too long, but. You know, busy lives, What can what can I say? I'm I'm like Rolling Stone. I'm always on the move. I gather no moths. That's what I like to say. Uh, So, uh, but they tell me I gather Rolling Stone gathers no moths. So yes, I am the U.S. Senate nominee here in Oregon for the Republican Party. And what an absolute honor it is to be the nominee. Um, The uh, the uh, vote was uh, certified last Friday. So just, uh, what, four days ago? And uh, five days ago? Anyway, so it's just been an absolute honor. Just to kind of put this in perspective, there were four candidates in the primary race. I won, in all, I have the majority of the votes in all 36 of Oregon's counties. And uh, so I won with a margin of over 68,000 votes. So uh, again, just an absolute honor to be the nominee here in Oregon. Yeah, that's quite.
0: You've you've had quite a um, quite a run. Uh, What? This is your third attempt?
1: Yes. So six years ago, Robin, when you and I met, I was running for the U.S. Senate nomination. To hashtag. This is the hashtag that we're using. Jettison Jeff Merkley. He was the the junior senator. Still is the junior senator, first term senator, and so I ran in that primary election six years ago. Obviously, was not the prevailing candidate. That's okay. And then I ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in the 4th Congressional District, where many people might remember me from. And uh, so that was the 2016 election. Ran in the 2018 election and actually had filed for 2020. I filed January 8th of 2019 for the 2020 primary on the 4th Congressional District side. And then in uh, November, December, people started talking to me about running for the US Senate seat again. So uh, I did. I made the switch officially at about 1.30 a.m. on January the 17th, 2020, and I made it through the primary. So uh, you know, it's interesting, Robin, people have called me a perennial candidate. Oh, she's a perennial candidate. Yeah, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't win the first time, so you should just quit and go away. But my running and staying engaged in the process has been absolutely invaluable. If I had just gone away for six years, in all honesty, I would not be as knowledgeable as I am today without having gained the experience. To get experience as a candidate, especially at the federal level, unless you have quote unquote worked your way up the ladder, it is really a challenge to do. There's, there's no magic formula for anything. And you have to work there to, to get there. And there's so much to know. And I'm amazed at what I did not know six years ago compared to today. And so staying engaged, staying involved has been absolutely the right thing to do. I, I get I get frustrated when I see somebody run for a political office. They didn't win the first time, and then we don't care for them again. They, they go away. And, well, that's interesting. Now, some people, they they, switch gears in their lives, and that's okay. But uh, this is a calling for me. It's, it's not a career. It's what I know that I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Absolutely, and i got to give you kudos, too, because you're a good example of, uh, like you said, keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying until you finally make it.
1: And so, and when you get there, one of the things that I like to encourage people is, Whatever your dream is, it'll work. You can make it happen. You just have to keep on trying. Keep keep the focus. And there are times where it's a challenge. But if you know where you're supposed to go and you really believe in your heart that it's something that you're supposed to do, as long as you stay engaged, it doesn't mean that you don't get frustrated, you don't get disappointed, you don't get you don't get weary. You go through all those normal emotions, that, that's perfectly fine. That's normal. But you keep your eye on the target, you keep your eye on the prize. And that has been me the whole way well, except for one time. And it only lasted a few hours when I did not win the nomination for the uh, congressional seat in 2018. I actually said that night, I'm done. I quit. And everybody was shocked. I was shocked. Those words were coming out of my mouth. But I was so exhausted. And, uh, I, but I woke up the next morning, and I went, wait a minute, Joe, Ray. God didn't tell you you're done. If he didn't say you're done, you're not done. So... I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, and and uh, kept on trucking.
0: Yeah, people don't realize what's actually involved and what you have to go through.
1: They they don't. There's, for me, the easiest part is going out and speaking to people. That, by far, is the simplest thing in the world to do. The hardest part is getting your name out there, is getting your name... Um, getting getting the money raised. That is very difficult to do. It's really hard to do in in the primary. It's hopefully easier in the general election. Um, But people's money, they come, most people, they aren't just sitting on pockets and pockets of cash. And at the federal level, so in Oregon, Oregon at the state level is one of the most liberal states when it comes to how much money can be donated to a candidate. So if a person is running for a state position or a governor position, um, so a representative of the Senate or any of the statewide race positions at the state level in Oregon, you can get money from anybody. Businesses, it doesn't matter. Virtually unlimited dollars. The federal level is a whole different ballgame. The maximum that I can get from any one person is $2,800 if they get us 20, and that's per election cycle. So now we're in the general election. So any way that donated uh, in the primary, they started back at zero. So now we're in the general election, so the maximum somebody can donate is $2,800. Once I win the general election, we're in the primary for 2026. And over the next six years, the maximum they can donate per person in those six years is $2,800. The maximum that I can get from an LLC or a partnership is based on how they've got their their business set up, but it has to be divided out. We're still limited at $2,800 per person. The maximum from an S-Corp or C-Corp is zero. Cannot get any corporate money, and the maximum from political action committee is $5,000. So we don't get unlimited dollars like they do if you're in Oregon at the state level. So it's a whole lot of people giving a whole lot of little dollars to to get up to those magic numbers. So that's why it's a bit of a challenge to raise the money. And and because they can give unlimited dollars at the state level, um, it just tends to to give a little bit more money. So that is what it is. But running and being able to talk to people, that is that to me is the most enjoyable part of of in a campaign is meeting people, and Oregon is such a fabulous state, and so I've been blessed to be able to see a whole lot of states that I would
0: not have gotten to see otherwise. So speaking of talking with people, uh, we have had a chance to do, uh, very much appreciate what you want to talk, but you don't want to talk about. So I'll kind of let you guide that. But what's the most common message that you get when you talk with people?
1: So. This first message that I want to start with. Right now in our country, there's such a huge huge chasm, and it seems to be growing day by day. And I, and I really want everybody to stop and think, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on or if you're not in the aisle, it doesn't matter. I look at it, it doesn't matter if you're a member of the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, the Tea Party, the Green Party, or you like to party. We have way more in common than you don't have robin we all want to love and be loved we all want to have a roof over our heads be able to put food on the table provide for ourselves for our family and most of us we want the government to stay out of our lives to the maximum amount as possible now there's going to be a little bit like i would like law enforcement to keep me protected if i need them but i want the government to stay out of my life i don't want them telling me what i can read what i can't read we all are going to agree on those basic needs we all want that that's an area that we can all agree on. Too often we start off with what don't we agree on? And I would rather start with what are the areas that we can say, yeah, we agree on that. For example, we all want to have success. Whatever that level of success is, it, for some people, it's I just want to go to work, come home, and hang out with my family and play board games with the kids. Other people, if they want to build a big company where they get to employ a whole lot of people. Other people, success to them is going out um, working in the community or, or joining AmeriCorps, going out on the mission field. So we all in America, that's one of the things that makes this country so great, is we all have the same opportunities. We're all given out, and I know people are going to question me when I say that, but are, But what I mean by that is in, a, in this country, we are free to go pursue our dreams. And for some of us it's harder, for others it's it's easy. But we can all and that's what I mean by we all have the same opportunity, we all have that same opportunity to go after whatever that dream is that we have. And for some people it takes a lot more work and other people it just doesn't it just all depends on a lot of it, your innate ability. But that's that's some of the messages that, that I like to get out Let's start, start focusing first on what we agree on. One of the areas that I hear people saying that um, is frustrating them, and, and I hear this across the, across the board, the federal government has too much debt. Yes, they do. Are uh, we going to stop it? Stop spending money. We have to close out some agencies. Yeah, but that's my favorite agency. Well, that great. Is it constitutional? If it's not a role for the federal government according to the Constitution, then why is it there? So, for example, do you know that there are 17 federal intelligence agencies?
0: 17?
1: 17. My wow. question is why? Yeah, a lot of intelligence agencies. You talk about surveillance. We're not supposed to be surveilled. In fact, speaking of surveillance, Robin, yes. General Flynn, General Mike Flynn today, 100% acquitted today. Done. He is totally a free man today, and he was spied on illegally by
0: the yeah, cyber That so, whole yeah, that whole situation was just ugh.
1: yeah. Um, it was it was clear that that there were some uh, some things that were done that uh, were not legitimate. That information came out. And finally, he is a free man to go forward with his life. And, you know, it cost him everything financially. They lost virtually everything. So um, I, I personally hope that he sues uh, whoever the it is that he was to get uh, made whole on what they lost.
0: Oh, totally agree. It's just total abuse of power. And where's your checks and balances?
1: Well, that's it. And that's why it's important to have somebody in Washington, D.C. representing Oregonians from the U.S. Senate side that we have somebody who's willing to go to work and fight for you according to the Constitution. My job as U.S. Senator is to do those things that are in the Constitution to make sure that every one of your rights are protected. And that means protecting our homeland. And we also need to make sure that we are supporting our law enforcement officials. Now, if there's a road law enforcement official, they need to be held accountable for what they're doing. That is wrong. It doesn't matter if you're law enforcement. It doesn't matter if you're the water meter reader. You're, you have a job that you're hired to do. You need to do the job within uh, within the law and within what your job duties are. And so nobody's going to take that away, as far as that goes. That that needs to happen. Um, but we need to make sure that we have somebody here who's going to support our law enforcement, not with a blind eye again, but um, is going to say, yeah, our law enforcement has a job to do and not give um, kudos to people that are rioting. Peaceful protest, 100%. I-, I was I was at a protest today at the state capitol building because the governor called a special session. But guess what? The doors are locked. Yeah. yeah. The doors to the... Capitol building are locked. It's the people's house, but you're locked out. Um, but we keep protested today.
0: Well, isn't it illegal for them to have a session if, that, if it's not open to the public?
1: Well, they have TVs out there. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they did have TV monitors out there. So I'm not quite sure how that fell within the law. Somebody was asking me. I, you know, there was a way to, there is a way to testify, but the problem is you can't sign up to testify. You could do it online, but they didn't even know until I think they said 5:30 last night exactly what it was that the special session was supposed to be in, which brings up some other issues because in Oregon the special session it is supposed to address only the topic at hand of
0: the special session. Yeah, just like the budget committee where they nominated the border collie to be the state dog. Say that again? Just like the one emergency session that they had probably about 10 years ago where they nominated the border collie to be the state dog and that was supposed to be the emergency budget meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah. What, what's with that? Um, and this special session is supposedly, I thought it was about this COVID. I don't know. I... I I'm at the state level. I'm moving track of what in the world they're doing.
0: Um, well, I heard uh, something about a cell phone tax.
1: Oh yeah, they did say something about another tax today. Thank you. That's what we need. You know, we'll kick us when we're down. When when we've got more than a 20% unemployment rate in Oregon, where we've got people that have not been able to get their unemployment money yet. We're talking, let's see here, April, May, June. We are talking three solid months. March to April, April to May, May. yep. Three solid months of no income for some people. How in the world are they supposed to feed their families, pay their utility bills, pay their rent? So now, um, today I did hear one of the, um, somebody speaking from the ecumenical ministry, supposedly speaking for all of the churches, which I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. that no, landlords should not be able to charge you rent during this time. Well, this is income for some people. So now they don't have any income. So now they can't pay their bills. So the question is, what is it that Kate Brown is trying to do? She's completely trying to break the entire state's life. I I don't get it.
0: Well, just like uh, a letter that I I sent to Jay, and he thought it was a good idea, is to put a... a pause on the property tax late fees, yeah. Yes. And he passed that on to the assessor's office. They thought it was a good idea, but it there was they said there was too much paperwork to uh, to do it. And if you're not having any income, um, like myself, it, it was a real right. struggle for me to pay my balance of my property tax.
1: Yeah, and it's. Um it's really, it, hello, too much paperwork. It should have been the flip of a switch on the computer.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I don't I don't understand how, but I don't know, because I don't know how the computer programs are set up. So one of the other things that I think is important to talk about um, is why me instead of Senator Merkley? So, one, I believe in term limits. I think that is imperative. The founders even though they did not instill term limits and there's some who wanted it and some who didn't. They couldn't imagine somebody doing this for their entire lives. They said, serve your country for a season and then return to your communities. And if you still want to be active in civic matters, then be so at the local level, not at the national level, not at the general government level, which you know is the federal level today. So that was, that was a really big thing for them. Well, if we take a look and we see how many years Some of these people have been in office. My gosh, they're so out of touch with reality. And the question that I get from a lot of people is, well, Joe Ray, how rich are you going to be when you come out? And my answer is that it depends on how much money I save. That's the the legitimate answer. So 12 years maximum is plenty of time to be in Washington, DC. And that is not just in the Senate. That's also as a representative. And I mean 12 years, so that doesn't mean 12 years in the Senate and 12 years in the House of Representatives. That's combined. And that is plenty of time to get the job done. It gives you two terms in the Senate, which my opponent, Senator Merkley, is in his 12th year. And it can give you six terms in the House of Representatives or a combination. So you can go one Senate and three in the House of Representatives. And go back to your, go back to your community and be effective there. Um, it's never slipped a career at all. So here's a really... Um, one of the areas that has frustrated me with Senator Merkwood. he was Speaker of the House in 2008 here in Oregon at the state level, in the state legislature. He knew that the Oregon Employment Division needed their computer systems revamped. In 2009, the State of Oregon Employment Division Received an $85 million grant to upgrade the computer system. So that money appeared in 2009. Jeff Merkley was, fine, was um, sworn in as a U.S. Senator in January of 2009. 2016, the state finally starts spending the money. They got it in 2009. Seven years later, they start spending the money. I don't know what they spent the money on. In 2020, another four years down the road, they were finally ready to start contacting the vendors. 11 years. We'll call it 10 years because I don't know what time in 2009 they got that grant money. So let's just say just over 10 years they've had $85 million, except for now they only have $82 million left. So I don't know what they did with the other the $3 million get this, Robin. They're saying that it is going to take until 2025 to revamp their computer system, and now it's going to cost $125 million. Wow. Ridiculous. Now, it is a state issue, except for it is paid for with federal tax dollars, which belongs to you and me. That made it a federal issue. Where has Senator Merkley been? He knew about the problem because he was Speaker of the House. So they have to, he could not have been that blind. He has not spoke out against this this waste, fraud, and abuse of the money. This is ridiculous. And so getting back to the amount, to the debt that we have, which is one of the things that I ran six years ago was the big issue, it's is a bigger issue today. Oh, well, it's only a million dollars here. It's only a million dollars there. They talk like it's nothing. Well, <laughs> let's think about it, Robin. If you make $50,000 a year, that takes you 20 years to grow to a million dollars. And they're talking eighty-five million dollars. View the map.
0: Like it's nothing.
1: Like it's <laughs> nothing. And, and they have to stop.
0: And they still don't have enough money, and that's why I think that uh, there should be an audit, independent audit, with the uh, subpoena penalties or powers.
1: There, yeah, there should be. I actually, I actually think it should be privatized. There's no business in America that can operate the way that the government operates. Yeah, the government thinks that they just have this endless endless pool of cash. Well, they're going to pass some tax us on our cell phones now for what? They already get a franchise tax. Oh wait, I'm sorry, that probably only goes to the city. So now the state says, well, give me some. Look at how much money is people spend on their cell phones every year. It's, well, you know, it's only a dollar here, it's only a dollar there. Well, for some people, that dollar really can cost a lot of money.
0: Right. Well, this, I think this kind of goes back to what you're talking about, uh, how much money you're going to make. Um, like, again, uh, quoting Nancy Pelosi, you know, for $1,000 said, you know, it's chicken feet to some. But to hurt, yeah. When's the last time $1,000 was a lot of money? And I think that puts them out of touch with the regular people. Uh, from my I understand, you know what it's like to be poor. Uh,
1: absolutely. George and I have been through the good, the bad, the ugly. I married a carpet installation contractor. We have been amazingly blessed during this COVID shutdown. He has not missed any work, which really surprised us. We were prepared for this. We were were kind of psychologically prepared for the worst. Uh, But we've had bankruptcy. We know what it's like to all of a sudden not have any work and being self-employed. I was in real estate and he was laying carpet and all of a sudden the economy dropped. Nobody's laying carpet, nobody's buying houses, there's no income. And when you're self-employed, up until now, you could not get unemployment at all. And even those people that are self-employed, they're still waiting to get their quote-unquote gig unemployment, many of them are not getting it yet, because the system is so broken. But I know what it's like to go through the tough times, and this is a positive thing for those that are going through the tough financial times, you will come out the other side of it and the worst case scenario is you go bankrupt it's legal it's not illegal it is set up for when people go through tough times because tough times happen for christians that have a really tough time with bankruptcy the root word of bankruptcy comes from the root word for jubilee and the bible talks about in the seventh year things go back your property goes back to its original owner that is repossession so I mean, even God knew that people would go through tough financial times. So for my Christian friends out there, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, don't freak out when people file bankruptcy. God knew we'd go through these tough times, so there's no reason to freak out about it. And um, and our our bankruptcy laws are actually based off of the Bible, so it's kind of interesting when you when you look at it from that perspective. But again, it's um, it's not worth freaking out about. It's just money, um, and I know for most people they're they're most concerned about losing their dwelling, and, and I understand that. And even though I don't fully agree with um, stopping the, the foreclosure, I, I agree, because I, I do and I don't. It's, it's like one of those, ah, this is so hard, because for some people, if they're carrying this private contract, that's their income, and now they don't have an income, what are they gonna do? We just need to open the state up, we need to open the country back up, and that solves the problem right there, and so those people that haven't been able to work and get back to work, and the state still needs to come through with the money that's legally owed to them, legitimately owed to them. Get back our money.
0: Yeah, exactly. Unless you can do, like, a nationwide pause, but, but I don't think that's uh, sustainable.
1: It's, well, it's not, and this, this COVID shutdown was initially to keep the hospitals from getting overwhelmed. Well, the hospitals didn't get overwhelmed. They were well set up, we saw in New York City where they set up the Javits Center and then they brought in um, the U.S. Navy, uh, Vets, um, Mercy, one, two. one went to San Diego, the other one to New York City. They ended up not even hardly using them at all. The hospitals were not overwhelmed. Let us go back to work. Um, yeah. If you get the coronavirus, which, by the way, is in the flu, it's in the common cold. Oh, it's a different strain. spring like we have a different strain every year of the flu. But you're 99.9997% chance of
0: recovering if you get COVID-19. And on that, i got a question for you. Uh, first, I'd like to, uh, again, invite people to give us a call. You can talk to Joe Ray right now by calling 646-721-9887. We are watching, well, at least I'm watching the Facebook page, so if you got a question, you can uh, put it there. If you want to listen Which some people do, you can just call the number, 646-721-9887, and uh, I'll answer the phone and just tell me you're listening. Otherwise, just push one, and it comes up on my board, and you can talk to the uh, uh, U.S. Senate Republican nominee, Joe Ray Perkins. Um, Joe Ray, if I understand correctly, you're you're one of those that uh, don't like wearing the mask?
1: You're correct. I do not like wearing a mask, I, they are not healthy at all for us to wear a mask. In fact, the masks that they're talking about are the N95 masks. They're not talking about a piece of fabric over your face. Those are not good for you. I just talked to a gentleman today up at the state capitol and his sister was at the doctor's office and they they, had, they were checking her, her blood oxygen while she was sitting there waiting and they said, you need to take the mask off because your blood oxygen level has dropped too low. That's. One
0: oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I said shocker.
0: Yeah, actually, um, but I have trouble wearing it because I have lung issues and I can't wear it for any length of time, and that's why it bothers me. What uh, Washington State just announced? Uh, They're I don't know if, how legal their law is that if you're out in public, you have to wear a mask or it's a thousand dollar fine. It's not.
1: It is not, in my opinion. And I don't know what Washington's laws are. I do not believe that it is legal for them to be able to do that at all. I think that that is actually illegal. Um, how do you mandate that? Because now, um, so Robin, for you, it's a violation of the HIPAA laws because you have the right to, to medical privacy. And so how do, you, how do you deal with that when you go, well, they can't breathe with a mask on. Um, you have to be able to breathe. You have to be able to get good, good air into your lungs, and um, it can cause other health problems. They're already seeing health problems. They're seeing people getting uh, fungal infections in their lungs, and those can be devastating. You could end up with, with far worse conditions. And so this whole social distancing, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. I don't play one on the internet. But I'm just a I, I'm just a common sense person that it says it's nice. not around people where my body can build up its immune system, then how do I, um, how how do I how do I build that immune system up? And and it's really easy for us to look at this because every year when the kids go back to school, what happens? They all start getting coughs and colds and everything because they're all of a sudden around a whole lot of people that they weren't around. Well, within a couple of weeks, three weeks or so, that's all gone. Everybody's gone through it and now they're all fine. That's actually that herd immunity that is so often talked about. It's just I'm exposed to a virus I wasn't exposed to. My body reacted the right way that it's supposed to, and now I'm fine. It's run its course and I'm healthy. And it's. it's if that didn't work, then people would keep getting those in colds or, or costs or whatever was going on. It would constantly repeat, and it doesn't.
0: Agreed. And percentage-wise, especially when you look at the protests, um, it's really a very small percentage. In fact, after the protests, phase one, phase two, phase whatever, it's kind of a moot point to me.
1: Yeah. It, well, it is. And here in Oregon, of course, Governor Kate Brown says, Well, we cannot, I'm not even going to look at phase three until July the 6th. Well, okay, thank you, Governor Kate Brown. Um, That's two days after independence celebration. But she goes on and she says, or until there's a cure or a vaccine. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, well, there is a cure. It's called HCQ. That's already been proven, and there's not even any debate on that. There's been too many doctors that have used the HCQ for COVID, even patients that are critical. They use the HCQ on them. It works, and it works rapidly. And those are not, and we've seen, most of us have seen those videos, and those are not doctors that are just making up stuff to make up stuff. These are real people with real life experiences. And Even there was that, um, that state rep in Michigan or Minnesota. I don't remember. A lovely black lady Um, Her husband, heard President Trump talking about it. She was hospitalized with COVID-19. Her husband says, hey, I heard Donald Trump talking, and this is a Democrat, heard Donald Trump talking about this this hydroxychloroquine stuff. And, you know, they thought she was going to die. I think they said she was on a ventilator. He talked the doctor into giving her, his wife, the medication. She recovers. She goes, to the White House, she visits with Donald Trump. He goes, and when he first was talking about it, he goes, I don't know if she'll vote for me. Maybe she will. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I'm just glad that she lives. So then she goes to the White House, and she has an interview with him, and, and he said the same thing. And she goes, I am so glad that you live. Do you know that her state legislature censored her and took her off of her committee? How dare, how dare she thank the president of the United States, there was a Republican, and she's a black woman who's a Democrat state legislator. How dare she do such a thing? Her life was saved. Really? Come on, people. The woman's alive. Would you rather that she had died and been a martyr? I, unfortunately, I think so.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, she mentioned the word Trump. Yes.
1: Yeah. And showed up at the White House. Yeah. At, at his invitation. And so it's just it's such a shame because that's that's where. Um, where we have been been pushed to such divisiveness and I, I take it full circle right back to where we started with Robin is we need to learn how to respect each other. We all in America we have the right to our own views, values, and opinions.
0: That's right.
1: that right. This is not a socialist or communist country. We need to respect that right. And I met my husband. When I was 16, almost 17 years old. I'm 64. Look how many years I've been with my husband. It's been a long time. 47 years I've been with George. Long time, right? We right. don't agree on 100% of the things out there. We don't. He wanted to sell our used Corvette. I didn't want to sell it. I wanted to keep it. We, you know, we got into disagreements about it. Um, Who won? i thing. Uh, we still have the best. <laughs> um, not it. One of our grandsons wants to buy it, so he's been he's been driving around. I think he's going to park it for a little while until he can uh, come up with the money to, to pour about twelve hundred dollars into it to fix it. But um, yeah, we kind of want I wanted it to stay in the family. So um, eventually, if he doesn't buy it from us, then then we'll sell it. But right. um, when give him the opportunity. But we don't agree hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So, and that's okay. And we just need to stop being so, so divisive with everything. Um, there's, unless you really want to live in it. If, if somebody thinks that socialism is good, go talk to somebody that left a socialist country. Yeah. If if you think about this, to have made the decision to leave your home country to pack up your belongings, some people left without family, to go to a foreign country where they probably know hardly anybody at all. Maybe they know a few people, but they're moving, they're walking away from their entire support system. Everybody virtually that they know, everything. To come to a foreign country for freedom, freedom of religion, Freedom of the government telling them what they can think and what they can't think. Freedom from the government telling them what they can read and what they can't read. Freedom from the government telling them what they can see on the Internet and what they can't see on the Internet. And they come to the United States of America for that dream of freedom. And I've talked to several people that have left communist and socialist countries. And they are darn scared because they are watching us lose those freedoms. And they going to Joe Brady. People don't have a clue what they're doing. And if this happens, if the United States becomes a socialist country, and we're not that far away from that it happening, it's Donald Trump, but we're so close to that happening, where are people going to go? There's nowhere left for them to go. And it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for our country.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. In fact, what I see, like even going back to the mask issue, um, in the Muslim community, if my history serves me well, they didn't used to wear bar- burqas. Hmm. but then it became social, um, socially accepted or required. And we're getting towards, like, like I said earlier about Washington, you can't go outside without a mask on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and 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 again, they're not. Healthy people are not wearing them properly. They're wearing them too long. They're not going to get the proper oxygen levels in their bloodstream. They're going to end up with too much CO2 coming back in their bloodstream. We breathe out CO2 on purpose. That's the way God designed it. First breathe out, not breathe it in. Yeah, we breathe in some, but we excel more than we put out. And there's, there's so much medical evidence out there. And people just need to stop looking to the mainstream media. Go online. Our internet is still virtually we can still get virtually everything out there. And they say virtually because certain search engines, Google, um, shut that down. I use this browser. I use DuckDuckGo for most of my searching now. Get off of Google. Um, get off of their search engines because they're, they're telling you what you can see. Twitter's doing that now. They've been blocking President Trump's tweets. Um, Facebook. I just got a message from somebody yesterday.
0: They closed down her Facebook account, her business page, and her personal Facebook account. Yeah, I'll tell you something about Google. I don't know if I shared this with you or not because I kind of stumbled onto this. Um, As you know, if you have a cell phone, it tattletales on you. I'm not too sure about iPhone, how they track you. But Google sent me an email about, "Here's uh, here's your travel report. And it went back and showed where I was for five years.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. I was kind and of.
1: That, sh- your, that yeah. was your, your
0: what report? It was a uh, travel report that Google has. You know. Wow. Yeah. I can send you a link to that later. But yeah, I was kind of surprised because, you know, every so often I go to Lincoln City with my friend and there it, there it was.
1: Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, I have. I turned my location device off, my location tracker off the other day. Um, after I found out that, and this was on Android and on iPhones,
0: uh-huh.
1: a COVID track, tracking program was added. Yeah, so about a week or 10 days ago, people were having trouble phone calling out. It was really weird. People were having all kinds of problems. Um, apparently, that's when they were doing doing this. I went online and I found it. Sure enough, there it was. And then I started scrolling through more information, more information, more information. Well, apparently, well, the first thing I did is I turned off my my my, uh, my location finder. And, right. then, and then I went through and said, okay, well, you have to download this app. Well, if they can force put something through onto our phones and we're not even paying attention, what is to stop them from force doing a COVID tracker? Nothing.
0: Exactly. In fact, in this particular one, at least on my phone, usually I get a notice that my phone's been updated, but... I did not get any notice on this one. I just kind of stumbled onto it.
1: Yeah, and and on that COVID-19, there was no notices. It was just, there it is. It was pushed through. And I know there's people out there, there's listeners out there that are going, oh, you know, Boogeyman, you know, Deep State, you you think all these conspiracy theories. Well, then why are they forcing putting a COVID tracker on my phone. You know, Robin, we've never done this for influenza A or B. Right. Never. What is different about this? What is different? It is not any more dangerous than any other flu. Well, a hundred and some odd thousand people have died from COVID. No. A hundred and some odd thousand people have died that also had COVID.
0: Well, and speaking of tracking, um, I know a business, which I won't mention the name, they want to have a FLIR, you know, thermal imaging camera with facial recognition at the recognition uh, at the entryway of the business.
1: Wow, I'd like to know who that is so that I can maybe stop patronizing it unless it's my favorite store where I can shop and buy clothes. But I haven't done it. Probably not. Um, yeah, it's they you know they're doing that in uh, a. Some other country, I think it's a pretty big one that begins with the third letter of the alphabet, <laughs> and, um, the American alphabet, and um, <laughs> they give these the social, social social right.
0: Yeah, you're you're based on uh, if you jaywalk, you lose uh, points, and that can affect ah. your your travel freedom and all, all types of things.
1: Yeah, and so now with it's even, oh, well, you were too close to somebody. Walking down the street, well, that's my spouse. Or am I supposed to, like, walk six paces behind my spouse? Right. It's like, how how many paces behind people can we get? It's, we see backups on the freeway. Can you imagine if we had to do that as people, that we had to make sure that we were always six feet apart? Um, it's just, this, this whole coronavirus, COVID thing, it's got to be the world's most intelligent virus, and we've all heard these things in the world. It it can attack you if you're less than six feet away from somebody. Um, six feet and one inch, it's not going to attack you, apparently. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're at church, you're going to get attacked, but if you're at a Black Lives Matter, and nothing against to to the Black Lives Matter, but that's the biggest rally that's going on, if you're, if you're at one of those protests, and protests, by the way, you have the right to peace protest. and I'm okay with it, um, but, you're, but you're safe there, so you're okay there. If you riot, you're okay there, too. But if you go to a restaurant, you, the restaurant has to close by 9 p.m., or the COVID virus all of a sudden will attack you. <laughs> um, I could go to a big box store, but I couldn't go to the little boutique down the street, because the COVID would attack me. Now in phase two, I can go to Hobby, no, not Hobby Lobby, but like at, at Ross, and they've got these little markers on the floor, so I have to go that way. If I go opposite, I get attacked by the COVID, but as long as I'm following the arrow, I don't get attacked by the COVID. Yeah, you,
0: have a, you have a store employee with a shopping cart and a flashing light that pulls you over for going the wrong way on a one-way.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, talk about
0: the blue light specials. <laughs> Where's King Marvel? <laughs> you need Well, you know, something that kind of uh, shocked me a little bit is that two months after the orders to shut down, the state of Oregon, cities, even our local transit system was going was screaming, we got to start laying off. We don't have enough money. Yeah, so
1: now Governor Kate Brown... So in this special session they apparently are not going to be talking about the budget shortfall other than raising our taxes. But they're not going to be talking about balancing the budget because that is a constitutional requirement in Oregon that they balance that they have a balanced budget. So they're not looking at what um, programs that aren't really needed that they can flash apparently. She wants the she wants the federal government, that would be you and I, to bail out the state of Oregon to the tune of two billion. dollars. Now, remember, they increased our biannual budget, I believe, by mm, I think $2 billion. I could be wrong on that exact number of how much we increased the annual budget, uh, the biannual budget, but I do know that the shortfall is at least $2 billion. Wow. It's not the role of the federal government to bail the state out. Not their role at all. Show me where it is. And yet, we're giving unemployed people $600 a week if they can get the state program to work on their computer at the government office. That's broken down.
0: Yeah. We'll offer this to you, but we won't give it to you because uh, our Commodore 64, we just upgraded to a color monitor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole thing, it's, it's built on a, on a 1950s COBOL system. I'm, I know about... This much about computers. I know you know way more than I do, uh, <laughs> but the way that I look at it, and I, and I could be wrong. It's okay if I'm wrong. Um, but in my brain, I'm going, God, oh, looks like we're trying to put a rocket ship on a on a Model T chassis. <laughs> uh, I, but I hear COBOL is very good. And Model T's, I mean, they're still around after 100 years, so I, they they couldn't be horrible. But um, I, I don't think anybody's attempted to put a put a uh, a rocket engine on a model T frame um,
0: I don't know really you have I don't know what's happened,
1: but i just I just thought in my mind again knowing very, very, very little about computer technology, you know, my simple common sense mind tells me it might not work very good,
0: yeah, well, to so, my understanding, it would be the having rush hour traffic trying to squeeze it onto a a two lane highway when you normally have a four lane
1: yeah it's just going to get more bogged down, which is, which is the problem. So, um, other, so let's see, other issues. I mentioned term limits.
0: Right.
1: Um, mentioned, uh, uh, Senator Merkley not caring about the $85 million because hey, that's just Trump change in the federal budget, um, the other issue while we're talking about with COVID and the reopening is the vaccination. that I do stand with our medical freedom friends. You should not be forced to vaccinate. Uh, in fact, I just met a lady today. Her son had a devastating reaction to a vaccine. He is now autistic. Oh, my God. Practically, um, if he's not nonverbal, he's darn close to nonverbal. Right the nonverbal, but I think he's pretty much non. Probably, I didn't notice Christopher talking at all. Um, my friend Beth who went with me up to San Jose, said she's beginning to laugh a little bit, so that's good. But um, and I looked at and I looked at her and said, "Yeah, they said that there's no no cause and effect here. She's right. So people just need to be knowledgeable about the vaccine. It's really important. So I absolutely stand with our medical freedom friends." Um, there should not be any forced vaccinations whatsoever. So that that is another really important issue to me. Another important issue is jobs. As we're talking about people about working jobs and the economy, people need to work. Uh, you know, President Trump has said that the that the cure cannot be worse than the disease. Well, right. alcoholism is up. Drug use is up. Depression is up. Suicides are up. Crime is up. We need to work. People need to get back to work. They feel good about themselves. When they're out there working, being productive. it makes them happy. It gives them purpose. It gives them something to do instead of sitting around all day thinking about how horrible things are. In Oregon, we have our phenomenal timber industry. We need to let our people that are experts in the timber industry, because they have worked in that industry, many of these have been generational families. They know... To work the land, we need to get the federal government off of our land. In my view, it is not constitutional. If it is not for a military base, if it is not for a military port, if it is not for a place to keep our arsenals or other needful buildings, then the land belongs to we the people, and the federal government should not be on it. Opening up that land will create jobs. Now, I understand that we've got people out there who think that they're going to cut down every tree. They're not going to do that. They know how to properly manage the forest. Um, we've had clear cutting in the past. Sometimes it's a good thing. There's still some clear cutting that goes on, but for every tree that is felled, they have to replace it with five trees and then they have to go back through and send them out because that's too. as those trees grow it, it gets too compact for them. So they can't um, allow those five trees where there used to be one to stand. They just can't. The other thing is that as the trees get larger, they start to hit diminishing returns. Trees are phenomenal at scrubbing the air. Not only do they need the CO2, which of course gives us oxygen back, but they also suppress their other gases such as methane. And as long as those trees don't burn up, that methane is captured forever within that wood. While there comes the diminishing return to where the trees get to a certain size and certain age where they are not able to capture as much as the younger trees. Those are trees that need to be felled and and harvested instead of allowed to burn up. That will create so many more jobs. The other thing that'll do is, guess what? It's going to help with the cost of housing because there's going to be more lumber available. Stopping the lumber industry causes the cost of housing to go up because the cost of wood goes up. And and then all the rest of our other natural resource industries that we have with um, uh, farming. And mining and ranching, Uh, there's fishing. There's so many natural resources, and those are all industries that give us jobs. And then we need to get the government out of the way, so that we can have more industry open up. Less regulation creates more industry, and this doesn't mean wanton deregulation to where oh people just put all kinds of pollutants out into the atmosphere and into our waters and into our ground. We're smarter than that. Um, years past we didn't know what we didn't know and they've been able to to do a lot of mitigation and clean up the air and make sure that certain pollutants don't go into our soils and into our water system. Um, so we just need to let industry be industry and employ people. And so that's one of the other those are some of the areas that I'm going to be looking at is, is doing more deregulation and it up for people to be uh, able to create jobs.
0: Yeah, and speaking of, and since you're a bookkeeper, uh, briefly explain your thoughts on the grocery receipts tax.
1: Okay, uh, so the grocery rece- receipts tax that. There's a lot of, so with the grocery tax, if you, um, once you grow $750,000, you have to file something with the state, and um, the minimum that you'll pay in an additional tax is $250, and then once you reach a million dollars, then you have to pay, uh, pay an additional .057% of the whole amount over $1 million. Well, there's builders that work on a very tight margin. The car industry works on a very tight margin. Gas stations work on a very tight margin. Restaurants, they work on a tight margin. These are not as cash flushes as our legislators make them out to be. And so that grocery receipt tax that was passed to the case, but underneath the bill that was passed last year, they now get to pass it on to the consumers, which they did anyway, they just weren't obvious about it because they cannot afford to carry all of that. You need to be able to have a profit. They have to be able to pay for their light bills. You have to be able to pay for, for new equipment and for expansion and infrastructure and all those things. So, um, it caused businesses to lose the state again. So, we can't have that. And again, that's a state issue, and the only way, friends, that we're going to stop this is to stop selecting Democrats. And hopefully, we. and I'm not saying that all Republicans are pure. I'm not saying that at all, because there's some rogue Republicans. And there is some taxation that needs to happen to pay for the necessary things that the government should be doing, such as protecting us, keeping us safe, um, paying for for the law enforcement, making sure that our law enforcement is properly trained, which I want to bring up something I just read the other day from a friend of mine. Her um, hairstylist is from Egypt. And he used to be a law enforcement officer in Egypt. He had to go through four years of training and then a year of apprenticeship to be yeah. a law enforcement yeah. officer in Egypt. Yeah. Here in a lot of the states, if you get hired, you go to you go to to um, the law enforcement academy and. You know, yeah, you've got some ride-alongs to do, and I don't know all of the exact training, so for those of you in law enforcement, please feel free to correct me. It's okay with me. But I do not believe that it four years of intensive training, which they also get trained on health issues and a multitude of other issues that they have to be aware of. Our law enforcement officers today are also mental health counselors that stop their job. They shouldn't have to be dealing with this mental health issue. Um, we need to bring money up for mental health, Um, professionals in that arena, but certainly our law enforcement officers need to be able to know how to identify and how to get that segment of our population over to the proper um, mental health uh, professionals that can help them get through those issues. But the whole thing is, is is our police, are they under-trained? Do they have the proper follow-up counseling when they go through traumatic events? Um, they need that. They need it, I think, on a fairly regular basis because there's some of them that do stuff that you and I don't even want to imagine.
0: Absolutely. And I, mean, I've <clears throat> I used to assist the police department uh, about 20 years ago with traffic accidents and everything. And it's, yeah, it sticks with you. Trust me.
1: Yeah, you see an image; it's always in your brain. You cannot get rid of yeah. it. Um, and then there's, the, I wish I could have woulda shoulda. And, uh, and and that's and that's always there forever and ever with you. So they need counseling on how to get through how to get through that, that traumatic experience. And um, there's people that are very very good at it. In fact, I'll throw a shout out to uh, to Dave Hayes. who has got a YouTube channel called Praying Medic and a website Praying Medic. He actually used to be an atheist and he got became a Christian and he has helped people get healed. Um, the emotional scars and the psychological scars, walking them through, just over the telephone, walking them through how to how to release that um, so that they can, can get some semblance of sanity back into their brain. And he's been very successful at it. Um, and I know he does, uh, I think he's still doing, like, one Saturday a month, I don't know. But for those of you that have gone through some traumatic stuff, go online to Praying medic Praying, P R A Y I N G MEDIC DOT and look for uh, Dave Hayes um, information on um, on healing and it's, it's really good stuff and then the
0: prayer. Well, we still got a couple minutes left. Uh, if you want to give Joe Ray a call, six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. The advantage of internet radio is we can run over time. If Joe Ray has a few minutes, if you want to give a quick call, um, otherwise. Um, Joey, we appreciate you filling in for, for Jay on his vacation, and hopefully you'll
1: have a good time wherever it is that at.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about having you on regularly, uh, doing your own
1: um, broadcast. Yes, and so it's just a matter of, oh my gosh, you know, with running on a statewide race, that's the biggest challenge, as you can imagine, Robin, because... Um, it, you know, it's like, okay, what's, what's, a, what's a good time, a good day of the week? Excuse me, am I going to be on the road? So, for example, I got a call today. I knew that on July the 30th, 15th, I will be down in Grants Pass at the uh, Republican Women's Lunch Meeting at Black Bear Restaurant in Grants Pass. Um, you starts at noon if you're down there, mark it on your calendar July the 15th. And that's about a three-hour drive from here. So, you know, if we were scheduled to be on the air at three o'clock, guess what? I'm not gonna make it. Because that means <laughs> I would have no time to speak. I would just have to pull over somewhere and talk. Which you and I did that years ago. I was on the road. It's like, well, I'm on the road, we'll talk while I'm driving. Yeah. That's that's always a doable thing. I've got a a approved cell phone holder in my car. So um so that's always doable. But I but I always enjoy doing that. I'd like to have more people get involved and and um and share, share their, their views. It's really important to me. I know it's important to me, but I want really to know it's important to the voters. And when I am in Washington, D.C., I am going to be legislating according to the U.S. Constitution for all Oregonians, not just some Oregonians. It's going to be for everybody. So my goal is to make sure that every one of your rights like are protected, that you don't lose any of your constitutional rights at all.
0: And one thing that, uh, like, one of the reasons why Jay has co-hosted or has hosted this program for two years is so he can reach out to his constituents. And versus just being on the radio, this is a way for a two-way conversation where you can talk to Jay or to Joe Ray directly. And Joe Ray, you and I talked before that when you do get elected, that you will make a point to try and keep at least an open dialogue somewhere. Um,
1: Absolutely, Robin. I I actually hesitated to take my cell phone number off my website. The only reason that that we switched it over to um, to a different number, which I can forward to my cell phone number, is because of the hate phone calls that I was getting, and I and I don't like having to do that. It really it really bothers me to, to do that. And certainly, I can hang up on people, but um, I, I I'm willing to to hear people out. Just. Be respectful. Don't be rude. Don't don't call me up because you disagree with me and tell me to go to H E Double Hockey Yeah, I had that the other day, and they hung up on me. Well, I couldn't call them back and go, well,, because it was an unknown number. couldn't Call them back and go, well, gosh, I no, thank you. I think I'll um, decline that invitation. Um, not going there. <laughs> yeah, you because know, I would do that kind of thing. Um, somebody called me up and want to know why I was so hateful and she hung up on me and I called her back and I said please explain to me what I said that is hateful and she goes well do you believe in the deep state and I said yes I do but why what have I said that is hateful I really want to know and she goes but you believe in the deep state yes I do I sincerely want to know what have I said that is hateful please tell me and you. she said but, but you believe in the deep state and I said I'm done with the conversation and I hung up on her and I blocked her number I don't wanna to have to do that. That that grieves me to do those kinds of things, but if you can't if you can't hold an adult conversation with me, you know, it's yeah, I'm gonna hear you out and if I said something hateful, tell me what you think I said. I mean I see stuff written about me. I read one article, I was cracking up reading it, and I read it live online. I was sitting here cracking up and going, my gosh, they have taken different things that i said and strung them together into one paragraph. You <laughs> me a fucking absolute But, you know, he didn't know that about me. Oh, my God, the woman's crazy. Well, that's because they took this statement out of context, now it out of context, now it out, out, out of context, and strung it all together.
0: Congratulations, you're famous.
1: I, I am. I went international with the win. So, <laughs> that. Uh, when I got a message from my friend in the UK he told you make international news with your win in Oregon. And that is just nuts to me. And uh, the only reason is because I'm willing to admit some of the things that i and it's just information and if people don't like it that's okay. I'm not going to tell you what to read and what not to read. This is America. And you have freedom of the press. And they're press is not only the printed paper, it is internet posts that is part of our press. Um, blog Talk Radio is part of the press, part of the media. And so um, I think people should be informed.
0: Exactly. And, this, and like I say, Blog Talk Radio, this forum, other podcasts, get it live, get it straight from the person. Don't don't rely on the Chicken Noodle News Network to get your information. Because like you said, the uh, I can take a, a very innocent video and I can Turn it any way I want to turn it.
1: Oh yeah, it's, there's so many things that you can do, and now they've got such sophisticated software that you can make somebody say something that they didn't even come close to saying. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, and it looks and it sounds like them, and it looks like them, and um, and that that's really frustrating to see to see that happening. I just got a, a notice of some possible breaking news. We'll see if there's anything out there that we should talk about. Um uh, let's see. don't what time is it? Okay. Uh no, that's an older one. Okay. So I do see anything. Let try the other one here. I've got a couple of sources that give me uh, some instant news and uh some of it is, is uh, some really good stuff. Oh, this is interesting. This is fine language. Something about space. Let's see here. Let's see here. A B, C C E F G Oh, that's G. Okay. G R I have to figure this one out. What am I really spelling? I have to figure this out. I'm trying to think that, that's the end of the spell. Okay, got that. And then all. It ends in all. Okay, I can see the all. So yep. I know it says
0: I don't have to, to thank you a white supremacy do. sign or something.
1: No, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you never know.
1: Let me get, there's probably a post underneath it. Um Oh, okay, that's what it says. Okay. Hello. Well, except for that's not kind of a W. <laughs> this is not W, people. I might be missing part of it. All um, right.
0: Well, wrapping up, Jory. Yeah, uh,
1: contact contact
0: for you find
1: me on my website, PerkinsForUSSenate.vote, which I love that PerkinsForForsenate.vote is the website. And if you want to volunteer and help on the campaign, there's a volunteer link. If you want to donate, there's a donate link. And yes, it's going to take a lot of money in the state. We're going to have to pay by a lot of advertising. And uh, on radio and uh, on the Internet is where we're going to be doing a lot of advertising. We might, I don't know that we're going to do very much television advertising, but we're going to do Internet radio ads. And, of course, signs, literature, those types of things, and so $5, $25, $17, $45, $2,800, whatever works, Uh, I'm grateful for, and I am very, very careful with their money. I make sure that we are looking for the best prices. For example, we get our signs right here in Oregon. Our yard signs come made in Southern Oregon. And my cost, without having them shipped to me, if I can get them delivered, is less than $4 a sign. And I can't beat that price anywhere. I tried. And Mm -hmm. a sign, um, 4x8 signs are $27, and then I have to get them delivered to me. Double sign is $34. That's $150 sign anywhere else. So not only am I buying locally, we are buying frugally. And yeah, it's a hassle to get transported up here from Southern Oregon, but we've got enough friends that we're able to, you know, sometimes kind of carry, you know, hopscotch the the signs from point A to point B to point C to get them up here, and then and then out they go. So Perkins for U.S. Senate That um, my Facebook page is Perkins for U.S. Senate, and when you go to that page, it'll pop up and say Perkins for Congress. That's because it's a battle of Facebook, but it's Perkins for U.S. Senate, and it takes you to the same page. So, thank you so much, Robin. I appreciate the opportunity, and we will find a time that's going to work for your schedule and my schedule. And you know, I'm a night owl, so if you want to do this, oh, you get up really early, don't you? <laughs> we can do this when you get up in the morning before I go to bed in the morning. How's that?
0: We probably. Could.
1: <laughs> like 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. You're probably getting up. I'm just going to sleep. Okay. Yep. Oh.
0: Uh, okay, well anyway, thank you Joe Ray and please stay on the line after uh, we end the show
1: okay.
0: and And again, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Bos No show and don't forget to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff and we'll be back next week.